Welcome to Filmstrip, movie reviews presented by Continuous Play Podcast. These podcasts are spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the films in review. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. I'm Nick. <laughs> and I'm Ron. Today we're reviewing the thing we promised months ago, Carnosaur, starring Diane Ladd, Raphael Sabarge, Jennifer Runyon, the apparently who's the nephew of uh, son of Roger Corman. I fucked all that up. Never mind. Jennifer Runyon, Harrison Page, Ned Bellamy, and Clint Howard for about eight seconds. Directed by something called Adam Simon. That can't be a real person. And released in 1993 on a budget of $850,000. Roger Corman spent eight hundred and fifty grand on this? No way. Gross $1.75 And was successful enough to have th- you know, two sequels and a quasi-sequel on the dinosaur attack genre. So... Okay, we we dropped this several episodes back, right? Like, th- how did we get to Carnosaur as the Shocktober series, guys? Usually, we're doing a slasher series. Why are we not doing dinosaur stuff? <laughs> I think we're running low on slashers. Well, I'm waiting for the next version of them to all come out. I think that's the problem. They're all 2018 and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just um, I remember we we did a couple reviews here and there, and we just kept on dropping the Carnosaur name. I don't even remember what was what was the review where this movie Stone, first Stone came Cold, out? the uh, the Brian Bobber <laughs> thing was the one where we kept talking about Carnosaur and then would veer back into Stone Cold. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense now that I'm thinking back to it, but um, you can thank uh, Whiskey for that conversation. So, <laughs> Ron, though you're the fan of this series, right? Uh, I sure am. We haven't even gotten to my favorite Carnosaur yet, which is Carnosaur Two. <laughs> the the Carnosaur. It is the it is the aliens of the Carnosaur universe. <laughs> I just spit Kool Aid all over my computer. Thank you. So because um, in which we got, I, I, and I think too that we got to kind of bring up the fact that uh, Jay's podcasting into a toilet <laughs> toilet <laughs> paper roll, which I think is extremely <laughs> fitting for this movie. <laughs> I just what happens when my microphone stand breaks, my wife moves, and everything is like packed right now. So this is we actually recorded in the in a mix of things. Yes, and we now have a new logo for the podcast, which will be I, that I picture. I will post a photo in in the Facebook post and on the page of of my microphone setup for just for this show, guys. So, uh, but okay. So the other things here is, uh, <laughs> you know, Ron, you've got the box set of this somewhere. You told me. I sure do. They, they made a box set of this. <laughs> All three carnosaurs. I can see one. this though. Corman, Corman will sell you anything because he said this, this movie ain't gonna pay for itself. So, well, there's a there, there's a mathematics to it, uh, and I actually saw Roger Corman explain this one time, like not in person, just like on YouTube, using like the carnosaur movies as an example. You spend X amount on the first movie. You take what you profited off of the first movie. You use it to make the second movie. And if you have any left over, then you make a third movie. There's some there's some actual logic to that. That's like the way Na- some NASCAR teams without major sponsors work. Is you run in the big race and try to you know place in the top fifteen so you can get enough to do the smaller races. It sort of works that way. Like each one pays for itself. But the actors never make any money off of it, right? 
Uh, I'm sure they all made, you know, scale. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, yeah, we got to talk about like the the two known people here that are at least the ones that I know of, and not not named Ron Howard here. Uh, Diane Ladd and Raphael Savard. I think we dropped before in our Stone Cold thing that Diane Ladd is the mother of Laura Dern, who was the co-star of Jurassic Park, correct? Because this is the same year as Jurassic Park. That's that's really what drives the fact that this movie even exists, right? Yes, basically he wanted to make a dinosaur movie with someone, and they were able to get Laura Dern's mom. I guess that makes kind of sense, kind of like Halloween using Jamie Lee Curtis because her mom was in Psycho. So, which they brought around years later when they did H two O. They put her mom when she was still living in H two O as the school secretary. So, so we might get uh, Diane Ladd or in, in the new Jurassic World is what you're saying. <laughs> that, oh. Is she even with us anymore? That would be something. So is Laura Dern coming well, back for Jurassic World uh, 2? So. I don't know. They're cloning everything in that movie. They might as well. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Diane Ladd slash Tyrannosaurus Rex slash like turkey vulture we, beast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about the quote dinosaur here in just a little bit. But okay, I, I made fun of it, though. Is Adam Simon a real person? Like that's who is this person that allegedly He's actually, directed this? He, he, he's Sam Simon's brother. You know Sam Simon from The Simpsons? I did not know that. No, I just made that up, so it, it probably is not true. So, <laughs> well, you've he's done probably half the like the screenwriters did. He's probably some you know cousin of Roger Corman who needed a job. But John John uh, Carl B- Bickler is the one that's got some influence here, right? He's the special effects guru in this, who directed a previous Friday the Thirteenth, uh, New Blood, right? That is correct. He did, uh, yeah, he did Seven, The New Blood, which is uh, Jason versus the X Men. That's well, right. And, yeah, and X Men. Yeah. What well, didn't he do? One of the Hellraisers too, Ron? Like the one with Lance Hendrickson or something? The I it, think I think we said that, but uh, I don't know if that was true. I can't re- I can't remember. Um, I seem to think I think he did a couple of Hellraisers. Long, who cares? It doesn't matter. But, uh, but I mean, that's. That's who's making this thing. The funniest thing I have here, though, you wrote this note down, and I have to have confirmation of this. Gene Siskel gave this movie a thumbs up. Like, really? Yes, he. Yes, he did. Yes, is this before? Is this before or after he had brain cancer? <laughs> it, it was. Uh, well, it was before he died of brain cancer, but maybe after he got brain cancer. Oh, that's terrible. Think... Maybe he was just uh, amused by it. I don't know. That's. Wow. Um, okay. So wasn't he one of the people that said shame on you to all the makers of Silent Night, Deadly Night? And yet this this gets a pass? Really? <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. Infected chicken <laughs> farmers? <laughs> I mean. Maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he has a weakness for uh, blueberry pie made with goat embryos. <laughs> Dare to venture that a lot of our audience hasn't seen this, though. So I'm going to ask you, Ron, to try to summarize Carnosaur for us, if you will. Give us a good plot overview so we can get into it. Well, there's so much plot to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jane Tiptree, a mysterious scientist working for the equal, Equally Mysterious Units Corporation, is working on breeding a secret strain of extra-large, extra-fertile chickens by slicing chicken DNA... By splicing chicken DNA with the DNA of a bunch of other animals, as seen in the movie's opening credits. One night, while hauling a bunch of chickens to market, a mysterious creature hatches from a supposed chicken egg, 
mauls the driver, and flees into the night. Meanwhile, Doc Smith, that's Raphael Saparge, and we will not probably not be calling him Doc Smith the whole time, is protecting a digging site from a bunch of hippies, though he catches in Jennifer Runyon, the future niece of niece in law of Roger Corman, in the act. He lets her go, though, because every movie needs a love interest. As it turns out, that chicken DNA is actually dinosaur DNA, and Dr. Tiptree has created a virus that makes men sick and makes women give birth to dino babies. Oh, my As, <laughs> That's right. As the townies start dropping like flies, Doc sneaks into Eunice to confront Tiptree, but it's already too late. The government is on the case, and they're shooting anyone they can get their hands on in an attempt to stop the infection from spreading. Doc escapes, being chased by a T-Rex. We have a model versus model showdown in which Doc and Thrush, that's Anne, fight the dinosaurs with skid steers. While they ultimately kill the T-Rex, the government refuses to leave the job undone. Extras from the crazy show up, gun down Doc and Thrush, and burn their bodies, along with the antidote to Dr. Tiptree's dinosaur baby formula. We get the downer mist ending as credits roll. I also felt like I was watching the beginning of The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, too, when the virus gets out and, like, Kathy, uh, uh, what's her name, Baker, uh, what the, the uh, actress that won the, the uh, Academy Award for Misery gets gunned down as, like, the loudmouth Howard Stern-esque Rush Limbaugh radio host and all that stuff. So, like, I felt like I was watching that again where the government just starts shooting people over the secret, but... Um, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, thank you. Kathy, ba- I don't know who Kathy Baker is, but Kathy Bates, thank you. But yeah, I, I was feel like I'm watching that. I was just hoping Joe Bob Briggs would show up playing a sheriff like he did in that movie. He might, he might as well have, right? How, could, how is he not in this movie? Maybe he was busy at that point doing uh, some of that uh, late night movie host work that he did. But holy smokes. Chicken embryos. We got birth scenes. Guys, this is like I had no idea what what you were walking me into, and as I sat <laughs> watching this, I just stopped taking notes and accepting new information at some point, and I was like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening anymore. Like, what they even want me to do? I have a question right out of the gate: Is Doctor Tiptree like, is she having some sort of like existential crisis that she realizes what she's done is wrong, and so now she's gonna unleash holy hell on mankind by? doing this dino baby chicken crossbreed thing on the world? Is that what this is about? I think she was always uh, working on something nefarious and this is just the the end result of years of uh, secret research. As as we find out in the movie, uh, if you stayed awake, uh, (laughs) the government like has a whole file on her. Three times, Ron three times it took me to get through this so is that all you're getting you're getting better i am i am i am i am very very uh seasoned already with these movies but yes it took me uh three attempts to get through this movie one time with my 10 year old so (laughs) what did he think of it i have to know like was he able to swallow this down at all um he ended up passing out on the couch in about five minutes into it so yeah, he that, he didn't make it through. I will say this: I don't know how you can pass out to this necessarily. Like what is happening on the screen is so ridiculous or so awfully you know sh- shot that I have to pay attention to it. It's it's so bad that I'm I'm amazed that it it gets going at all. But I don't understand like what's the the 
like, what is the purpose here? The, the government funds this evil research. Evil research gets out, and then they decide we got to kill everybody that's involved with this. And but the well, lead well, scientist the isn't murdered. Like, how I'm going to tell happen? you, Jay. I deal with federal sales every year with my job. Yeah, and. If you know anything about federal money, it's you use it or you lose it. So oh. I think that's kind of what's going on here is kind of this backwards budget mentality that the government has where they probably had a couple million laying around. And you know what, guys, if we don't use this, our budget's going to be smaller next year. So let's just <laughs> spend it on this. I, it's got to be. But I don't know. I mean, to, to bring up though this movie, though, I got to give a little bit of an antidote here because um, this is actually the second time for me watching this movie is I've. I saw this when I was a kid and it was one of those like secret or not secret. Like my dad went to the video store. It was time of Jurassic park dinosaurs. And he rented this for me on VHS. And I remember sitting there like watching it on Saturday morning being like, what in the hell am I watching? But I watched the entire thing as a kid. And, uh, yeah, the only thing I remembered was the girl getting her leg bit, leg bit off. See, I remembered <laughs> I had never seen this before. I think I had seen the box or something and had just dismissed it. I actually had in my mind thought this had become was a video game, like one of those early PlayStation games where you, I think Turok was the name of those games where you shot dinosaurs in a lost world kind of situation. But I, I had transposed those at one time. So I didn't know this was a movie until we brought it up and, and kept talking about it. And I finally looked it up and there it was on YouTube for all of its glory. Yeah, Turok yeah, Dinosaur uh, Hunter for Nintendo 64. That's the one you're thinking of. Or you're thinking of Dino Crisis, which was the Resident of Evil Dino clone. Crisis. Maybe yeah, that was, was a good it. game. Yeah. yeah, that was the Resident Evil made by Capcom. It was like Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Yeah, it was a Capcom game. Yes, I do remember that. But here's the thing. The government's not funding the research. This Eunice Corporation is funding the research. Are they kind of like the parent company of the Pro Rollers Corporation from after last season? I feel like they're a run about as well, and their sets are just about the same. Yeah, I mean, you mean you don't work in a laboratory full of smoke machines and lasers? <laughs> Generally, no. And I mean, you know, we we're pretty big STEM school that I work for, or whatever. And that now nah, they're they're kind of clean looking rooms. They're actually sort of boring looking. <laughs> like there's nothing that looks. Though in the 1990s, I would have thought that most nefarious government labs looked like this. So that was It actually looks like a set out of one of the evil reoccurring characters on Knight Rider would be in. That's what I felt like I was watching. Well, i got to ask uh, a question, though, about, about, the, about the name of the company. How do you say it again, Ron? Eunice. So did they combine urine and anus into a company name? No, I think I, that's probably like Roger Corman's mom's name. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. It's like it's probably Corman's grandmother or something. <laughs> the Eunice Corporation. Like I, I was looking for symbolism there. I'm like, why not call it the Eve or Lilith or something? You know, something to have that. Janus. Yeah, something like that. But I guess they didn't want to go too far down that road, or maybe nobody thought about it. How many people wrote this? Was it a committee, and then they just blamed it on a couple people, or wasn't this a book? Yes, this was a book. No by way. a guy named yeah by a, a guy named Harry Adam Knight. He also <laughs> did the treatment, and Adam Simon, who is a real person who worked on the TV show Salem, uh, if you remember that from WG in America. I do uh, remember that. Yeah, directed and wrote the screenplay based off of John Brosnan, aka Harry Adam Knight's treatment. It, 
this had to be like a you go in the dollar store while you're you know waiting to go visit a friend in the hospital or something, and you just grab like a cheap novel that you're gonna sit around and read. This has to be one of those, like next to yeah, the Mac Bolin the, novels. Yeah, they have these in the uh, book section in the OB. So when uh, women are waiting to give birth, they can read it. You might as yeah, well, right? The, the dinosaur <laughs> egg baby that they're about to have. Yeah, it could be worse, ladies. It could be worse. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I, we'll talk about the birth scene because we, we have to. I can't let that go. Now, I only know <laughs> Raphael Sabar from one other thing. And I, it is a thing that I, I admit is not very good, but that I love nonetheless. My Science Project. I love that movie. It still rings for me. I, I like almost everything about it. Dennis Hopper's insane in it. Uh, John Stockwell is, is funny in it because he's trying to be this jock and he's so not. And then you've got Raphael Sabars and uh, an incredibly racist Fisher Stevens running around. <laughs> and there's there's a dinosaur shoot 'em up scene in that movie too. So uh, Raphael uh, Sabars may have got this gig off of that. Would you like to hear some fun facts about the book? Please do. Have you read this, by the way? I have not read the book, but it predates Jurassic Park by six years. So Crichton and- this off. Well, if Crichton went to Australia, yes, because the book came out in Australia. Okay, so the book came out uh, six years before Jurassic Park, and it also contained a scene in which dinosaurs rampaged through a museum. Uh, it's It was uh, published in the UK by um, the guy who is Australian, and he was worried that uh, the reissue of his book would be seen as plagiarism of Jurassic Park, even though his book came first. That's that's bad, right? When you when you do something first and then you realize, wow, everybody's going to think I ripped this off. <laughs> so, hmm. That's, uh, that's not a good sign. So, He wrote the book because someone told him, because a uh, journalist, a friend of his, came back from Hollywood and said the dinosaur movies were going to become the next big fad. So he predated the dinosaur boom by like a good decade. But, but I mean... Did they, though? Like, Jurassic Park was a huge thing, but I can't remember any other ones really making it. Even The Lost World, the sequel to Jurassic Park, that one didn't do that great. And then Jurassic Park 3 just sucks. So the dinosaur boom never really happened. Well, the dinosaur boom also didn't happen when he wrote the book, which was 1984, which (laughs) is when he thought the dinosaur boom was going to happen. So he wrote this book, and no one paid any attention to it. That's because Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop came out and Terminator and all and just destroyed all that crap. <laughs> I mean, that's what became the boom and, and back to the future. It, I mean, it was a 10 years before they even got around to it. And then what Spielberg's talked about being in production on Jurassic park for nearly a decade until he felt like he could get enough of it to look right. So, well, um, we got, we got, I really want to say though, that this may, this book, and movie may have been influenced more by the cult classic that me and Jay did review a um, number of, I don't know, shows ago, Planet of Dinosaurs. Remember <laughs> that, that one, Jay? Yes, I do remember that one from, I think it was last spring or so. We did like spring schlock or something, and it was, uh, you know what? That movie was kind of fun, though. This one is just strange. Like, there's just a lot of weird stuff that goes on in this movie, starting with that beginning. This whole 
chicken hunting, chicken escape, mysterious illness thing, and like the the lacks of the guard. Like, hey man, I got to get these things delivered. All right, man, go ahead. Like, no, you, when you lock it down, baby, you lock everything down. And this is a corporation that shoots people later. I cannot get over the fact that this guard let this go down. Well, I mean, if you slip the guy twenty bucks and a and a mutant, mutant chicken lizard sandwich, you know, you're gonna get your way. It's not like they uh, they don't seem to be paying these people very well. No, clearly. And then we have to have our teenagers doing teenager drunk things in the in the desert because there's nothing else to do, right? Running into the strung out uh, you know, member of the uh, corporation who's just there for the paycheck and is kind of. I don't know, hoboing his way through his 30s. Yes, that would be the, uh, that would that would be Doc, that would be uh, Raphael Sabarge that we meet. Was he a Revenge on... of the Nerd alum too? He kind of looks like that group of people. Yeah, where where is this guy from? You guys keep on dropping his name like I should know where he's from. Like I said, the only thing I know him from is Massage Project. I, I'm sure he's done other stuff. Rod, do you know him? Um, I thought at first it was the guy from DeBarge, but it's not. <laughs> no, he, he's Sabarge. Yeah, I thought it was El DeBarge, but it's not. No. Um, let me see. He was in Risky Business. Really? Is this one of the jerk yeah, he's, or something? Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He's he's been in a bunch of TV uh, TV that you know everyone's parents watch, like CSI and Castle. Uh, he was on Prison Break. If you watched Prison Break, now my wife did watch Prison Break. She didn't watch this with me though, so I'll have to ask her if she recognizes this guy. Uh, uh, twenty four. He was on twenty four. Oh, never mind. Everybody was on twenty four at one. Yeah, time. everybody was on twenty four. Uh, Nick, you were on 24 was, season seven, I think. At one point, you were one of the thugs that shot people. I think so. He was on Star Trek Voyager. See, don't watch that. But he looks like an alien anyway, so the makeup couldn't have cost much. Like he really does have that alien forehead, uh, which is why him and Jennifer Runyon having some sort of meet cute relationship thing is not does not work at all. There's no good it's, dynamic it's, for them in this movie. Like they have she was at, it's negative she was chemistry. He was in La La Land too. Oh, the, really? What, no, another one no, of those he, Oscar winners that didn't deserve it or nomination. No, but. no, no, no. He, wrong, Raphael. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's talk yeah, about him won't. though. Like, what he he is supposed to be? I think he's supposed to be the audience in this movie like he's supposed to be our avatar because he's he's sick of working for the man but he's stuck working for the man so he tries to buck the system and he ultimately gets shot for his heroism like that's that's what he's supposed to be right this this movie's this dark existential thing anyway everybody loses in the end that's the i I thought downer of the audience including the audience yeah especially i thought he was the audience standing because he was kind of drunk throughout the most of the movie i'm not sure that that wasn't for real Either. And they don't have. Let's be clear. Uh, Doc and Thrush don't have a meat cute. It's a meat ugly because he drunkenly waves a shotgun at her, which he proclaims that he can't shoot properly. That, I mean, of all the weapons to arm yourself with, by the way, shotguns are pretty pretty. Like you don't have to really know much about guns to be able to operate one, 
right? Like, Rod, you're, it, you're a gun a... guy. You know this, right? Like, shotgun's pretty, that one's pretty basic. Everybody can kind of figure that one out. You don't really was have it, to... Was it a shotgun or was it just a, a like a handgun? It looked like a remember. shotgun thing. Yeah, I thought it was a shotgun, but... I know he's got a shotgun later. <laughs> yeah. Either way, yeah, he's yeah, waving yeah. a gun at this chick because that's, that's how you get somebody, right? Because that works. So That um... worked for Phil Spector. <laughs> not not in the end it didn't so um but, well it is it, did this take place in the south they, where no, is it takes this? place in like new mexico or yeah some i thought desert this was like state. desert of arizona or something like yeah it's somewhere where they've got dinosaurs laying around so i think it's like montana maybe badlands yeah so. somewhere deserty you know what it, i'm gonna i'm gonna now connect Utah. my two my two films here I'm going to say this is what happened to his character from My Science Project, which was also out in the middle of nowhere, like Area 51 style. And this is just where he ended up, which is sad now because he got shot and killed over his protection and love <laughs> of this woman so who, who births a chicken monster later. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what is the... Walk me through understanding that whole impregnate the women thing, like... Okay, Nick, this reminds me of something we reviewed years ago. It's a little Aliens versus Predator Requiem. I'm like, did the Brothers Strauss watch this and decide to rip that off too? I was thinking Humanoids from the Deep. Haven't seen that one, so that but that's, that's, a, but, that's a good pull. But that but that but that's that, that that's the plot though. It's like these monsters from the deep, like just their goals to impregnate impregnate human women. I mean, there is like this sick like subgenre these like guys that are like obsessed with this where it's like let's have women birth the most gross things possible i don't know it's uh i don't know what is the like is that is that dr trip tip trees like revenge on the world is that she's gonna get back at men by making women suffer horribly like i don't understand that 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 doesn't, no, why the, wouldn't the you like plague... impregnate men somehow and do like a reverse the... junior thing on people? Well, they well, should have done. A... Men just die. Men just die, and women give birth to dinosaurs, so that way dinosaurs can take over the earth again. <laughs> so she's giving the so earth let me back do the to the Jeff Goldblum thing from from Jurassic Park. God creates man. God creates dinosaurs. God kills the dinosaurs. Men kill God. Men create dinosaurs for women to get pregnant off of, and God destroys us all. I mean, how does that, is that how that works? Basically, except you left out the part where um, it has something to do with chickens. Right. Well, you know, look, what what's the old... I feel like that comes from the old adage of when you don't know how to describe how something tastes anymore, what do you say? Eh, tastes like chicken. Like, I've heard that so many times about, like, things that have no business tasting like chicken. Matter of fact, someone tried to tell me once that frog's legs and rattlesnake meat taste like chicken. And I'm like, nope, they taste like frog and rattlesnake. Like I, maybe that's the the inside joke here is that well if everything tastes like chicken and chicken is the universal food then let's just go with chicken. Oh, I, I thought it I had like... something to do with like bird flu, but this movie predates bird flu by a good fifteen years. Yeah, have either of you ever been to a chicken processing unit? I've seen one and like how that goes from from egg to uh, you know your plate in a you know few days basically it's a it's a very scary operation it'll make you change the way you you think about those things i like to live uh ignorantly on that stuff so (laughs) it's just a hazard of my job of what they recruit and so i've seen it now and then they try to serve (laughs) me some and i'm like i think i'm gonna go with the salad thanks 
Uh, I love frog's legs, and I love chicken, and I don't need to know how it becomes an edible thing in either case. Right, but I I wonder if, like, Corman, somewhere in his travels and his work, uh, and maybe the author did too, like, saw that and said, oh, that is, I mean, it is kind of horrific if you, I mean, if you want to stay ignorant about the way your food's made and stuff, but once you know that, I mean, how Again, how did you think the hamburger got there? You know, I mean, it didn't just show up that way. So I, I could see how that would horrify some people to sort of pull the curtain back on that. But they don't really use that. I mean, I just feel like it, chicken is such an easy thing to move because how many different ways do we consume chicken? There's there's eggs, there's egg whites, there's actual chicken. There's there's you know there's so many different uses for all of this you know these things that it's easy to to get to the chicken. population. Chicken liver, that's pretty good too. Right. So, so now, what's the thing though? Is like are, the eggs are are all like gross dinosaur things, but then they, if you eat one, you become pregnant with it. Like I didn't understand how that worked exactly. I thought it was just basically, the virus that caused it. Uh, basically, yeah, people are getting sick because of like eggs and chicken uh, products. And I think the pregnancy is a side effect possibly of ingesting chicken or eggs, but possibly it just happens because I don't see Thrush eating eggs because I assume she's not eating anything food-related. It would be so much better if she was like this crazy vegan, vegan, and like she's getting back at all the meat eating world because they're eating chickens without really realizing that they're taking a life, so... I'm going to make sure that you give birth to a meat-eating dinosaur that's going to eat you. Yeah, we were like 10 years before any of that became public conscious, though, right? And if the book's that old, there's no way that anybody had any frame of reference for that. That would have been so weird in the 90s to think about that. Like, of all the things we protest about now, like, think about what that would have been like 20 four years ago or whatever. I don't think anybody <laughs> would have related to that at all. Not that oh, it would, have been, to it would either, have been so... But. It would have been so ahead of its time having this like militant ve- vegan there doing this. I don't think it would have helped it though. Like this movie doubled its budget basically, which for a Corbin film ain't bad, right? I mean that's how it got sequels as, as we've talked about their their model. But I, I mean like I don't think people would have responded to that in any way. I mean it would have been so out there. I just don't think that's a public conscious. That was something that you could tell in the early nineties. I, I think vegetarians were out there. But I don't think vegan was a thing. Yeah, like militant oh. vegetarianism and like PETA and all that. I don't think that came into vogue until the late 90s and early 2000s and things. Yeah, I think they were pretty much in France at that time. They didn't, they didn't come over here yet. So <laughs> what is the carnosaur? Like there's a central carnosaur that the doctor keeps in a closet. Or a, a layer where that's she goes a, in, like a sarlacc pit or something, where she goes and talks. That's to a it. that's a T Rex that she keeps in in a the laser pit. So how does she get? And that's the one that gets out at the end, right? That everybody has to fight is the T the that T-Rex. she lets out at the end. Yes. Okay. That's worst Which, looking T Rex ever. <laughs> it may be. I want to say that fight with the skid steers. I want to come back to that. I have I've driven skid steers, and that was that was that's a fun thing. Those actually re- respond pretty well. They're they're kind of neat to drive. But the, what is like? Is he like her like embryonic advisor or something? Like why does she, where did she find the T Rex? Where does he come from? I think it's her. I think it's her crowning achievement. Like I think that's the the first thing she did was clone a dinosaur. And then she started to work on the dinosaur uh, flu. Chicken hybrid dinosaur thing? Carnosaur, as it were? 
Yeah, I think that's what happened. I think first it was, all right, I cloned this dinosaur. Now let's use some of his DNA. Let's use some chicken DNA. Let's get these, let's invent the carnosaur, and then let's unleash said carnosaur. So she just keeps him there as like, the like the big bad to unleash later and, when she's ready to and to uh, occasionally feed senators to it yes right i don't um and it doesn't want to kill her or maybe it does and it just can't get loose enough because the short arm it's, is still a problem what it's behind that laser fence uh, see i keep forgetting this laser fence. i didn't know that was a laser fence i thought that was just some lights I, mean, I no, really didn't it's, see that as a laser fence. I mean, it is just lights, but it's supposed to be a laser fence. But it looks she like she has to take it down. It looks like some flashlights in the corner. It doesn't. It doesn't react like a laser fence. It is some flashlights in the corner. It's a Roger Corman movie. This is true. You I mean, can't just judge it by what it's supposed no, to be. No, no, no. Otherwise, I, it's a puppet behind some flashlights. I, know, I, some I, I get ice. that, but I don't re- recall them playing it as if this is an electric fence. You know, like they, they do because she has to like she lowers that electric fence to kill the dad of the teenage girl who gets her leg bit off. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the teenage girl getting the leg bit off too. Now that is a that is an incredible leg bite scene. That is like right out of Shark Attack Three. I mean that that looked that is ahead of its time. I I feel like sci-fi has made an entire set of genre off of that type of leg biting wound. Oh, they definitely have. And this is probably the inspiration for that whole genre. I almost feel like another couple hundred thousand dollars, and this might look decent, though. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, you know, the blood effect isn't bad. Like, for as cheap as it is, I, I kind of thought that was, it was appropriate, at least. It, it matched with everything else that was going on. I mean, they spent really good money on the puppets and on the, uh, they had like a, like a 12-foot or a 15-foot, pneumatic dinosaur that's got to be beekler's influence and work there right because he comes out of the stan winston school right that's yeah he definitely he's the one who designed all those things and he built those things and um they the they could only use like foam rubber for the skin so they couldn't use it for any of the fight scenes because it would tear (laughs) of course it would (laughs) well of course it's it's spray painted foam rubber So, okay, so Nick, you got to weigh in on the attack scene there and the kill, though, because you're usually our gore review expert. So what what did you make of the eating of the leg? Uh, it was a long time coming. I was, like I said, when I saw this as a kid, that's like the one scene I remembered. So I was waiting this entire movie for it. Three tries to get there, but I did get there, and uh, yeah, it was it was what it was. I think it's the best scene in the movie by far. I mean, when you when you get someone's leg bit off by a dinosaur, I mean, it takes a lot to you know supersede that. But yeah, I don't know. It's it was there. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they built a sixteen foot tall robot, but they didn't like the way it moved, and they also had a guy in a giant. Yeah, it had a narrow range of movement, and they also had a guy in a dinosaur suit, which they also didn't like. See, that so would have been so they much better puppets. if they went Gojira on it. Like, I could have respected that. No, they should have went like Ray Harryhausen here and just did everything in claymation. There's no way they could have afforded that. Not on $850,000. That would have looked Is it- awful. So that's expensive to do. That I mean, that is a really expensive way to shoot. Yeah, but it's so much better. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm a big uh, stop motion fan, so uh, it's at least I, charming. You're, you got a point. Yeah. Well, no. Look, I, listen. I, Clash of the Titans for me is fantastic because of that. Like I, the original one, not the Sam Worthington ones. Like that's the charm of it. Like it has a look and a feel. But I'm just saying, there's no way they had the budget for that. They couldn't have done that and made it look good at all. It, it may look. I mean, the, the dinosaurs only in maybe what five minutes of this movie, which is an hour and a half long for the most part. So it, they didn't have any money to spend on it anyway. They couldn't spend it on that. Well, wasn't that the same thing with Jurassic Park, though? Is like when you actually add up all the time that dinosaurs are on the screen, it's like only like 15 or 16 minutes of the movie. Well, yeah. I mean, what? Anthony Hopkins uh, won a uh, an Oscar for being in Silence of the Lambs for like six minutes. I mean, it's just what you do with when you're on screen, you know, uh, that makes a difference. And I, I mean, they show a lot of the carnosaur and carnosaur carnage. Like, I was surprised how much of it we actually got. I, I figure a movie like this usually does the Jaws thing and cheaps it out because, one, they don't have the money to really do it well, and two, that's the formula, is you, you hide it. You don't show it until you absolutely have to. Well, they didn't have the money to do it. They didn't have the money to do it well. But they did it anyway, and that's the Roger Corman way. <laughs> that may be the review of this movie. <laughs> they didn't have the money to do it well, but they just did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even like the last scene, though, with like the skid loader and the dinosaur. Um, you ever see the movie Life Stinks by Mel Brooks? No, I have not. <laughs> I have. Is there a skid yes. steer showdown in it? Because I may need to watch it now. There is. There, it's two of them going at each other at the end. <laughs> That sounds awesome. So before we get to the skid steer showdown, though, there's a there's a section of about fifteen to twenty minutes in the middle of this that where like the sheriff's wife and kids are getting sick. The eggs have the dinosaur baby thing. He takes it to somebody to get looked at, and Clint Howard gets his head bitten off. That I'm like, those that was the most enjoyable section of the movie for me. It all just kind of happens right there before we get to Act Three. Is that um, during the hippie murder festival? Yes. All the hippies. What is yeah, the hippie the hippies murder chain- festival that kicks all that off, though? They're just trespassing? Isn't that what it is? All the hippies uh, are, have chained themselves to the heavy equipment so they can't continue to do excavation. Um, oh, so I'm not sure protest. what they're. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're supposed to be excavating, but they all handcuff themselves and chain themselves to the heavy uh, equipment. And then the carnosaur shows up and starts making starts having a dinner of uh, vegan soy free range hippies. This is kind of like the NFL players protesting something, protesting the president, protesting them. Protest. It, we don't really know it's just happening now. That's what's going on here. Well, except the NFL players are protesting actual things, and uh, I'm not really sure what they're protesting. That they're digging holes in the desert. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's sure let's what... preserve the desert. Like, that's the part that I don't understand. It's not like they're wrecking this lush, fertile ground. Or are they saying that because they're doing chicken growth for food, as, are they doing the, the militant vegan thing and they're just ahead of their time? It may be that they're just ahead of their time because, I mean, they live on a commune. And, I mean, one of them looks like fake David Carradine. <laughs> that is a pretty good uh, – maybe it's supposed to be like uh, the Branch Davidians or something. We're a few years ahead of that, but not not far. I mean, Colts were a thing. Jonestown, yeah, Jonestown was still a thing. Right, yeah, that was in the the consciousness. Everybody knew that, so I could follow that. But it all kind of culminates, though, when we get Diane Ladd to do the the evil genius thing to explain to us all of the 
the crazy plot, and then we get into our birthing scene. And I need some of you to explain. I need one of you to explain this birthing thing for me because I really. I didn't know what I was watching anymore at that point. These, the generals and the science nerds are seeing this go down, and everyone is just in shock and awe. This is Ron's specialty. Go at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the <laughs> flu is spreading to the people who work at Eunice. So Diane Ladd is checking her out, and she's getting sick. So somehow Diane Ladd gets her to lay down on a gurney. And then... Uh, this is like her, her secretary, right? Or her assistant. Yeah, her uh, assistant. And then she, her stomach explodes, and then Diane Ladd pulls out a baby dinosaur. And we also, that's when the government is also, simultaneously the government's figuring out what Tiptree has been doing. And then they're calling in the death squads. And some of the people that survived, that were from, I believe from the diner, some of the townies who weren't eaten when Clint Howard was eaten, are also there and they're getting sick and uh, giving birth to uh, a lady gives a explodes with another dinosaur baby in front of the group. And that's when they realize they've got a problem. Wow. Uh, something about the dinosaur eggs or the chicken flu is changing people's DNA. And I think that's where the dinosaur they're turning people basically into giant dinosaur eggs like living dinosaur eggs and then the dinosaurs are ripping their way out. So so you you have dinosaurs birthed by people who then infect people with a virus that turns them into more dinosaur no, eggs? People people get yeah, the eggs and the chickens are carriers of this airborne virus. People are uh, people who are exposed to the chickens are getting sick with the virus. People who eat the eggs and the chicken meat are getting sick with the virus. Uh, men are f- f- dying and women are exploding with dinosaur babies. Wow. This, I mean, wow. <laughs> this, no wonder this movie ends so nihilistically at the end. There's no way anyone can be allowed to survive. Well, that's why the FEMA death squads show up and, and uh, start executing everyone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they just, blow people away in this movie. Like, I, I was yeah, like, they're gunning wow. down everyone. Yeah. Well, that's why I mentioned the crazies, because the same thing happens in the crazies. The government shows up and starts murdering everyone. Yeah, spoiler alert for the crazies, everybody, by the way. And the mist, apparently, too, which you you threw out there. Yeah, it's a spoiler alert on a 40-year-old movie and then on a movie that's 12 years old. (laughs) So I was was actually thinking, I was thinking Night of the Living Dead. Hey, that's a good point. The crazies, this is a George Romero movie, but they weren't. Well, they just shot the one guy. They didn't shoot everyone. They shot the minority. Let's get it right. And then the crazies. And then the crazies. They shoot everyone. <laughs> and in the mist, they shoot the kids. Right. So that's the to save them in the, from. The, in the mist, Thomas Jane shoots the kids. Right. Well, you know he that's is Thomas Punisher, Jane. Right? So yeah. So it's it's just right. So um, that's what you get for jaywalking. That's what happens. So you know what though, Thomas Jane gets a pass because he's he murders mutant sharks with LL Cool J and Deep Blue Sea. So that's okay with me. So um, that's a, that's a, uh, a one day on someday on Carnosaur, by the way, Deep Blue Sea. Well, I don't know how we haven't done that yet, but we have All I want to do is, so. Jay, thank you now. I got that LL Cool J song in my head now, just by you bringing that up. My oh, head is yeah. like a shark's fan? That's in your my head. My head is wow. like a, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's in there now. So it ain't going away. 
hey, it's not going. To, it's like a week now. It's going to be here until next week. So we thank needed you. a song for the showdown though, with the skid steers and the sixteen by one foot carnosaur though at the end, like the way that those they drive into it and stab it to death basically as it tries to decapitate them with its short arms. This is a T-Rex's problem though, right? Like it's got that huge head and mouth, but if you want to get in close, man, like if you want to you want to punch away, I mean, you don't get in close. You you do the uh, Lennox Lewis, you just jab it to death from the outside. I do really like the dinosaur and skid steer fight. Oh, and it's I fun. also like I mean, I I also like to, the having driven a skid steer, uh, I kind of think that would have been fun to do. So. Yeah, I've driven, I've driven one too. They're pretty great. Um, I also like the uh, the death of the uh, sheriff, who I called Carl Weathers, even though it's not Carl Weathers, <laughs> because he finds a dinosaur, uh, like in his den or whatever, and he goes in and shoots the dinosaur, but the dinosaur also fatally wounds him. And this is after he realizes that his whole family is going to die from dinosaur flu. Dinosaur flu. I like that though. The dino, the dino flu uh, happened. But then in that case, like I would have been fine if he had like burned his whole house down. Like he lit the gas up and did a Halloween two. It's time, Michael. It just lit the whole thing up and boom. That would have been that would have been cool. They couldn't afford to build a model of a house and, and blow it up. <laughs> this is, they but spent, they could have blown up the one room. Like that's not that hard to pull off. But they spent all their money making uh, tiny, making tiny, tiny skid steers with a little Raphael support. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that is the great thing. Like, I have my father-in-law one year bought me and my my his son and my other uh, brother-in-law these like little little mini monster trucks to race around just because he wanted us to to do that, and so we were doing that. And I have one mine sitting here, and I feel like that looks like the skid steer that somebody's remote controlling. Like your son Nick could have been doing the remote control work with one of the GI Joes stuck in there against the the fake dinosaur. <laughs> Uh, I think it would have been better doing it that way. <laughs> See, kids today yeah. don't like don't remember going to the amusement park to do those like remote control, you know, battle bot things. But I do. That was fun. So this is what that reminds me of. And they did. Um, they built quite a few different uh, dinosaurs to attempt to make it happen, um, and it ended up being a puppet, like a three foot tall puppet, versus a little model car, essentially. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really. So, but I I love how they they basically stab it to death. Like that's their the the ultimate solution, right? Is to just joust it. <laughs> Who would have thought that the dinosaur's mortal enemy would be stabbing? Well, I mean, what else were they going to do? Get a fake comet and knock it out? I mean, what what was the other option? Blow Chris it up with a block of ice. You said blow it up. Like Jaws style? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Just get some TNT or something and put it, have it like some guy being like, you know, remember like Jaws 3 where the guy had like a grenade or something that like the, that, you know, Jaws was like chewing on like a piece of bubble gum or something. And maybe he like goes in his mouth and he's like, you know, you're now you're extinct and then hits the thing and blows it up. How does Raphael Sabars not get a great, like, you know, back to extinction bitch line or something like that in this? Yeah, I was, I was really disappointed at the lack of get away from her, you bitch. I mean, yeah, that was still in the public consciousness. How could they not at least reference that at some point? Oh, that's right. These people don't really know what they're doing. So that's how. Back to the Cretaceous for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
I yeah, I don't know. I needed I needed something to tie into because I I mean, by the time they get around to executing the the lone survivors, I was surprised by it, but then again, I'm like, I totally understand it. Like you're, the answer the government's answer would be we're going to kill everybody and just, you know, act like this didn't happen again. Nuke the site from orbit just to be sure. Yeah, the government agency should have like a cool name or something like a uh, like asteroid or yeah. meteor strike team or something just so like so it's completely on the nose listen the the buffy like being me is having season four initiative flashbacks i feel like uh this is what they were ripping off it was fema but in this case fema stands for um full earth mutant annihilation <laughs> that was good <laughs> so, militant fema um, the the important thing is that nobody survives the wrath of the, of FEMA. You did a great job, Brownie. <laughs> no, that is the the wild thing about this movie, though, is that nobody lives. Like, you don't see that in in films. Like, how did they how did they pull that off? That maybe that's maybe that's how this has had any lasting effect at all. Is that it ends with such a such a downer. It does end with a downer because Thrush dies, even though they've got the antidote. Uh, Doc calls the cavalry, but the FEMA shows up and murder him. Uh, they burn down the trailer with the the antidote inside, and they burn up that cool picture of Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, what was with the Alfred E. Newman thing, by the way? The which, if you don't know who that is, folks, uh, uh, as Conrad would say, throw that in your Google machine. But I mean, like how. What is the Mad Magazine tie-in here? Mort Drucker uh, hanging just, out the back of this somehow? I think um, Duck Ewing designed the dinosaurs. That's what it was. Sergio Aragones <laughs> contributed to the nihilistic script. I could, This feels like something that Mad Magazine would have written like as a spoof of Jurassic Park, though. Maybe that's the, uh, I mean, maybe they're ghost writ. Maybe they contributed to the script. Uh, who knows? I, well, I don't know. You guys said it was based on a book. So that, the fact that that is, is true and that this was published, like, wow. How do I not have a book? How does Nick not have a book? I mean, everybody should have a book at this point. If that, that can on, happen. It's on order. <laughs> these, days with the, these days with the internet, anybody can publish a book. This is true. I did see a late night infomercial with like people that will help you publish your book and get it on Amazon or something. But yeah, I know people who have uh, I know people acquaintances who have self published terrible books via Amazon. So oh, outstanding. So well, and there there is a completely uh, and you got to look this up. There is a subgenre on Amazon with uh, dinosaur erotica novels. <laughs> And it's exactly what you think it is. Oh, it's, wow. It's, it's not dinosaur on dinosaur action. No, 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 no. no. Oh. oh, no. It's, it's uh, Diane Ladd's favorite. <laughs> How does she live through this? Or she does doesn't. She, she, expl- she explodes. She, expl- she does explode. Like that, okay. Yeah, I was not clear if she lived through that to come back for the sequel or not. So. Well... There is a book, uh, just to bring up my little tangent there, one of them is called Taken by the T-Rex, running from the raptor in the Velociraptor's nest. 
So uh, these are on there on Amazon for 99 cent buys. So Oh, my stars. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about that now at this point. Well, maybe maybe I can, actually. So God, well, let me ask you, Nick, though, real quick before we wrap this thing up. Like, are, are you glad that they went with the nihilistic everybody gets it and dies ending? Or would you have been happy if Thrush or Doc had survived and lived to tell the tale? See... Just knowing this is like a Roger Corman movie, watching this like with no prior knowledge of the series, I'd be like, yes, they all died. There's no room for a sequel. But no, 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 there is. So I I, I don't know. I think everybody in this movie was basically unlikable. I wasn't rooting for one person minus the dinosaur. Kind of like when we did uh, the classic review of Silver Bullet when I was rooting for the werewolf. Um, it's just I'm, I'm glad everybody died. None of them deserve to live. <laughs> You wanted everyone to die, then, in other words. So that was, you were fine with the, the, see, I wanted somebody to live. I thought Jennifer, like, if Jennifer had lived, Jennifer Runyon Thrust had lived, like, I thought the great irony would be she lives and somehow turns the tables on all those, you know, FEMA gunmen or whatever, but then she walks out into the desert and realizes, oh, crap, I'm now impregnated with, you know, the Carnosaur's baby or something like that. Well, they could have done that. Or what about her being pregnant with the dinosaur and she doesn't die, and then it sets up the sequel, also known as Prehysteria? <laughs> That's pretty good. Could have been that, or like maybe she becomes uh, uh, Daenerys Targaryen and she's the mother of Carnosaurs. No, but you do know sequel. you do know there's a movie called Prehysteria, right? I did not know. Th- is that what this is about? Because I didn't know that existed. It's about kids finding baby dinosaurs. <laughs> Holy cow. Like preschool kids, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, like grade school kids, and they have like it's like ET with dinosaur babies. <laughs> Sounds more like the Little Rascals special episode of the '90s when they rebooted that or something. It would work that way. Yeah. Speaking of dinosaurs, what's you... that one? What's that one '80s dinosaur movie that came out though that had like the uh, the brontosaurus baby dinosaur? Prehysteria. No, well, not we were pre-hysteria. just talking about that one, so it's not that. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it was it was like it was a, like a a robotic like baby like brontosaurus, and it was almost like a, what's that movie with uh, Brooke Shields like uh, the Blue Lagoon, but it's with a dinosaur. Blue, the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> well, yes, that, talk, about, talk about dinosaur erotica. <laughs> yes, but, but 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 it's with a baby brontosaurus. Come on, you guys know this. I I have no idea what you're referencing. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, that, oh my I, god! Come on, really? You get <laughs> no? I have, I'm not playing coy. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so it's I've called never... ba- it's called Baby Secret of the Lost Legend, 1985. Yeah, no, that one I missed that. And one, it's man. starring Sean Young. <laughs> That's definitely a next time on film strip down the road someday then because the Sean Young was where you had me. So any, I will watch that train like a, wreck anytime. Is there going to be a spinoff Sean Young podcast? There might could be. You know, we did we did that in Blade Runner, and then that new sequel's coming out too. So we, you know, I don't think she's involved in the twenty forty nine in any way. But that would have been funny if she is. But um, we could talk about that and. I just think sometimes about her playing Catwoman in Batman Returns and how much more awful that movie could have been with her in it. Oof, so. Wow. <laughs> 
But, well, back on Carnosaur here, we're at the part where it's time to give final thoughts, recommendations, and popcorn ratings for this movie. I don't know how you guys are. I, have a, I am scared as to how you two are going to vote on this, but I'll pitch it to you. Ron, what are yours? Uh, I think Nick should go first. I'm interested to hear what he's got to say. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to do the triple shoot. I'm going to pass it to you, and you're going to kick it into Draymond. So, so let us know what happens, Nick. Yeah, this is like hot potato here, man. This is, uh, I don't know. This is like going to the bar and someone's got to take home the ugly chick. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a two at ten and a ten at two, baby. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll, I'll take the one for the team here. Um, it's a large popcorn, guys. And when I say that, I'm completely. <laughs> <laughs> when I say that, I'm completely uh, bullshitting you. Uh, this is a small popcorn. This movie is freaking awful. I, I I do have to apologize for the Stone Cold review and how we name dropped this movie like <laughs> numerous times because all it did was it just set us up for this. And like I, I, I this is like the first review where I think I, I've been mostly quiet during it because I don't even know what I watched. I'm just sitting there three times just going – Oh my God, this is so boring. Oh my God, this is so stupid. Oh, there's a dinosaur and it looks like crap. And then it's like, what? They're giving birth? What, what is this junk? It's just like, it, it's it's an awful, 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 awful movie. And I think it's one of the worst movies we have seen. In fact, this might be the worst movie I have watched for this uh, podcast. And that is saying a lot. Okay, Worse, that, worse than Hellraiser 8? Hell goes online? Really? I yes, because at least that stuff had I, I don't know, Jay. It's it's terrible, man. It's just <laughs> it's 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 not a good movie. And uh, I'm excited in a way to see where this series goes because I don't know, Ron brought up aliens with dinosaurs. It can't get worse. It really can't. And I'm just hoping that the next ones are like schlocky fun. You know, like you watch something like Sharknado or something like that. It's a stupid movie, but there is something there that's kind of like fun. This movie wasn't fun. It was just like, it felt like, this is the perfect analogy. When you guys were kids and you guys were homesick and your mom was there taking care of you and she puts on a freaking soap opera. And you're sitting there just going, this is freaking awful, but I'm not saying anything because I want chicken noodle soup. And I'm just going to wait for it because I don't want to offend her. So, yep, that's what it is. Like, this is like days of our lives bad. So, small popcorn. Screw myself for bringing this up. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, Nick has gone the self immolation route. So, uh, Ron, I don't remember 32 people dying on days of our lives. So, I'm going to give this movie a medium popcorn. It's not <laughs> just, just, uh, just give me a chance here. Give me a chance. Medium fucking popcorn. Yes. <laughs> it's not good. And nobody's going to say it's good. Um, it, 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 but it's weird as hell. And it's weird enough to be interesting in segments. There's a lot of stuff that is terrible. Uh, but then you've got puppets fighting robot, puppets fighting remote control cars. Then you've got, uh, that girl's leg being bitten off. Then you've got uh, a bunch of people in garbage bag suits shooting Raphael Sabarge. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it's got it's got enough things in it for me to have enjoyed it. Um, 
I, I don't think it's as good as the second one, but the second one has John Saxon. So, oh, wow. You know. <laughs> wow. Media popcorn. You get, okay. So, uh, this is my analogy for this movie. I felt like that time when I went to the fair and I saw something I had, I had only heard about. And then I thought, man, I got to try it. And it's the deep fried Twinkie on a stick. And like in theory, that should be good, like fair food, right? I'm going, yes, it's going to be fattening and awesome and all that. And then you get it and you get a good bite into it and you realize that not only is this not good for me, but this is truly awful. Like, this is the worst idea ever. In fact, I'm sad that I spent $5 on this now. I'm going to go home early and shame myself for having done this. This is this is a deep fried Twinkie, and it's a really bad one at that. This is a small popcorn, and I'm with you, Nick. It can only get better, and my memories of, of Carnosaur 2 are that it does get a lot better. I'm hoping you're right, Ron, that that, that is the aliens of the uh, franchise. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sorry. It's not John Saxon. It's John Savage. But there's also um, our favorite, uh, Miguel Nunez. Oh, that's that's going to be great. <laughs> then, so well, I'm, I'm a small popcorn in that because that's where I have I have to on this one. This is just so so weird and awful. It's not the worst thing I've ever reviewed on this this show. I mean, not not even close. But it's still pretty bad, and I'm I'm glad that the good thing about it is it's mostly forgettable, even in spite of all of that weird birthing crap that it tries to throw in there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's John Savage? For a second there, I was thinking it was Ben Savage. <laughs> I wish it was Ben Savage. Uh, John Savage was in like The Deer Hunter and yeah. The Thin Red Line. No, he's a real and... actor. Yeah, that's that. I'm curious to see that to see him do a turn in in a piece of garbage uh sequel so um, it could it could it can only be better but uh, speaking oh, of like uh, ben ben savage can we just do little monsters instead <laughs> no we are stuck in the carnosaur now baby and yes nick i'm glad you admitted it this is all your fault so <laughs> so uh you can send all your complaints to nick at compuserve.com uh for for that but otherwise folks <laughs> thanks for joining us on the show of course you can follow us on social media at continuous play you can follow uh, all the co-hosts here also on uh, Twitter. Uh, Nick is at JokerNick1983. Ron is at HollywoodRon. And I'm at JNewcastleCPP. Uh, give us a like on Facebook. Uh, give us a review on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you download the podcast. Let other people know about it. We appreciate the support. Until next time, for something hopefully much better. I hate myself. Uh, i just like to remind everyone that I... Made a special guest appearance on the podcast based on a true crime. It is, I believe it's episode 12, the Leopold and Loeb episode. I read a ransom note about, uh, written by two men who murdered a 14-year-old boy and burnt his genitals off with acid. Still so. a better performance than anything in Carnosaur. So, yes, I've listened to that. That's a very good turn. The, that that and shout out to our friends over at the Generation Y podcast. Justin joined on and out for the unofficial kickoff to Shocktober here with the review of The Thing. And so uh, check those guys out and check out that show as well. So so for Ron and Nick, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com forward slash movies. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes and link up with us on Facebook. 
The Film Strip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121.